Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host here always, Chris Flaming. And I have the honor of welcoming Annette Harris to the show today. Her financial coaching practice, which is based in Jacksonville, Florida, is dedicated to improving financial literacy to empower individuals and families building wealth through education and goal setting. Annette, thanks for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have fun. All right. So I'm sure you have an interesting history Um, Take me through what led you to opening up your own business. So back in 2020, Mm -hmm. I got my family debt free. So it had been a process over the last like 15 years of me managing my family's finances and also just working with other family members on managing their finances as well. And my husband actually asked me, he was like, hey, you should start thinking about a business um, that you can work on. And I, he was like, maybe it's exercise because I'm into health and fitness. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of experts out there. And I was like, you know, something I'm really passionate about is finances. And Mm. I'm constantly reading and learning more. And in January, I, we came back from vacation and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start a financial coaching business. It was after we went on a vacation and I was like, we paid cash for our vacation. I was like, I want other people to be able to do this as well. So I talked to a mentor that was out in the community and he was like, start your business. You have all the knowledge, you have the experience with talking to other people. And I started it one week later, filed my LLC with the state of Florida and I've been building it ever since then. The rest is history. Okay. I like that. So it wasn't that long ago, but if you could go back in time to the beginning of 2020, and tell that Annette something, if you were going to know something then that you know now, what do you think that that would be? Maybe a piece of advice. I would have told her to start her business then instead of waiting (laughs) uh, so that I could start reaching more people as I was going through the process. I told my story of becoming debt-free after it happened. Mm -hmm. So if I could have told people while I was going through that journey, that would have been even more impactful. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because then you're right in the trenches. Yeah. Right. You're in it with them. Okay. So what what do you like best about the way your business is going right now? What do you like best about it? That people are actually reaching out to me. They. I'm an African American female, and I have a lot of others who've reached out to me. They have not talked to other females like them in the past, and have not been empowered with their finances. Mm. I did. You know, I I have a history of, you know, being competent in my finances and they see me as kind of like a a figure to look up to. And Mm -hmm. that has, you know, increased my motivation and drive to want to reach more and also veterans as well. We veterans typically you come into 
the military right out of high school and you mm-hmm. may or may not have that financial knowledge. So just being able to reach out to other veterans and reconnect with veterans because I got out in 2008, you know, I kind of wasn't really involved and just reconnecting with those veterans that, you know, I may or may not have served with and they find that very beneficial as well. So is what you're saying that it's you're, it's not intimidating, right? For either your peers or other military people, they don't see you as an intimidating person, either in your demeanor or in the fact that they can associate with you. So is that what allows them to either open up and or to feel comfortable working with you? Yes. And a part of that, too, is that I don't talk from a high level. I listen okay. to their story. It's a judgment-free zone. Yep. I, when I originally reach out to them or they reach out to me, we operate in a manner of mutual respect for each other. And I let them know that this is a safe space for you to talk to me in. Yep. And that kind of helps to build and nurture that relationship with my yeah. clients. Yeah, isn't that, I mean, I find that true too, where I have to try to really focus on, I call it not talking over someone's head, right? Using these big financial terms and um, because they can feel intimidated when you do use those things. Um, And at the same time, when you're able to talk to them on their level and I sit with people sometimes and you can kind of see it where they're almost afraid to share because they feel embarrassed maybe about choices that they've made right? In the past financially. So they're like, well, I have to tell someone or I got to admit somebody. Um, So being able to be that person for them to let that out, then they can actually move forward and make some improvements. Do you find that to be true? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So are there, there's a lot of areas of coaching that you do. I, I noticed on your website, is there a particular area that you're getting the most enjoyment out of right now? Yes, budgeting a lot. Oh, I, really? There's wow. a lot of individuals that the, they don't have that initial budgeting that's nailed down. They're like, you know, how do I manage my finances on a monthly basis? You know, how do I save? How do I budget for bills? And one client that reached out to me, he was like, you know, I have a, he said, I have a, a watch. He said, I have a watch that it needs maintenance and I send it in for maintenance every three years. And during that time, I have to spend $600 on the maintenance. How do I budget for that? And just breaking that down over, you know, set up a fund that you can, you know, put money away on a monthly basis so that when that three year period comes around, you have that money that's available and you don't have to pay that $600 at one time. So just talking to, and you know, that's the basics of budgeting and you know mm-hmm. that's something that's easy for people to understand once you talk to them about that concept and it's not retirement you're looking 30 years into the future they were like you know i need immediate help right now with my right. finances okay so i was going to ask you this later but you you went there so you brought up the word budget so how how do you actually motivate people or how do you get people excited about budgeting right cuz i struggle with this too as a as a financial advisor I tell them that it's it's simple. You know, it's, it's something that you can do on a weekly or a semi-monthly basis that mm-hmm. you just have to build that habit. And to have them also look at the long-term effects of it as well. Yes, you do have to do this work, but nothing has ever come without 
putting the work behind it. So, you know, sitting down and even talking to your spouse or your children about it, getting people involved in your family and more comfortable with talking about it and then seeing the the long-term effects of it and also short-term effects as well. Mm-hmm. When you set that budget and you, you meet that goal, you know, establish these SMART goals and you are able to reward yourself. So I'm like, you know, have a picnic with your family outside or read a book or, you know, reward yourself by, you know, taking a bath, you know, they have those little checkpoints where they can reward themselves. So that's one of the things that, and we have those built into the SMART goals that they have set for themselves. You have this three month goal or this six month or one year goal, put in these checkpoints where you can start to reward yourself for setting that budget. I really like that where you have to reward yourself at certain stages for doing good because people are going to stumble, they're going to make mistakes, they may fall off. But if you can get back on the next day and get to that goal point three months or six months or a year later, then that's a motivation to keep going. So I I really like that. Um, What do you think is the biggest obstacle that people face in getting their finances working for them? So, you know what I mean? What's the trouble they have in maybe getting over the hump or getting started? Staying consistent. Oh. With with budgeting. Again, I budget every Saturday. I take a look at my budget and I have the door open when I'm in my office doing it. So my daughter may walk in and she'll see it. But just staying consistent. And even with my daughter, she's a teenager. I have to keep on her. Like, did you balance your checkbook? Because she's learning about it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that that staying consistent, constantly monitoring your income, your expenses on a monthly basis so that you don't lose track. Because once you lose track, that's when that devastation comes in where you're like, OK, where did I leave off with my budget? And the other thing is also if you're in a relationship with someone else that can sometimes hinder you setting those goals and achieving mm. those goals if you're both not on the same page with your finances. Mm. So my my tip is to continue to try to have conversations with your significant other if you are in a relationship and to also just maintain consistency with budgeting as well. If you like you mentioned, if you fall off, just get back on and continue with budgeting on a at least semi-monthly basis and setting those goals and, and continually trying to achieve them. Yeah, I think I think what you said there is very profound, where if you have two people rowing in different directions, right, I want to go this way or I want to go that way, that can be really challenging in a relationship where you're, you're not rowing together in the same direction. Um, so having those conversations, although they can be hard, needs to occur, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so what do you see as being the biggest problem people have with managing credit properly? So I kind of view, I think a lot of people have this strange view of credit or what it's for or what it should be used for. Um, So do you want to speak to that a little bit about maybe, you know, what you think the problem is or people's view of that and maybe how to fix it or to change their mindset? The biggest problem is using credit when you may not need it. So. One rule that I, I have a lot of these rules. <laughs> or I like rules. <laughs> I like rules. Keep going. Not use your credit card for items that you can pay cash for. So mm-hmm. if you can pay $20 cash for your coffee purchase or your, if you're going to a convenience store, if it's under $20, don't use your credit card because those, those $20 charges, 
20 and under, they could end up adding up yeah. over the long run and you can lose where you're at with managing your finances. And also just paying your credit on time. So on time means before the due date, uh, before you hit that late fee and you're charged that interest in those late fees, because those can add up as well. So when you have a thousand dollars that's on your credit card and you have a 20% interest rate, and then you have a late fee on top of that, mm-hmm. it's just, it can start to spiral out of control. Like what I do is I pay my credit card bill off monthly and I encourage that as well. So if it's difficult for you to pay it off monthly, then, you know, maybe you should start to limit how much credit you're using as well. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I also want to ask you about, I see the country as having somewhat of a financial literacy problem. And I noticed on your website, that's one of the things that you're very passionate about is financial literacy. So what are you, what do you think is, are the best strategies for tackling that issue? Or I would even say it's maybe an epidemic. For that, I would say make it a family conversation. So if, if you do have, you know, children or a spouse, or if you do have children, start with them young, talking to them about finances. And it's not even having those conversations where, hey, I make $100,000 or I make $50,000. It's incorporating it into shopping for groceries or into gameplay. You know, Monopoly is one of those famous games. There's another one that's called the allowance game where you're not using your personal situation to talk to your children or even your spouse about money. It's these games that can make the conversation a little bit easier to have or fun. And then also just educating yourself about finances. There's a lot of resources that are out there. You know, me, I'm a financial coach, but then you can talk to your bank. You can talk to family members, friends, even your coworkers, if you trust them to have these conversations. I talk to my daughter about finances, and sometimes she asks me questions that I don't know. So we both learn together, and I'm not afraid to let her know that I don't know the answer to that question. So we, we learn together. She learns on her own, comes to me with questions. It's just having that open communication and not being afraid to learn and know that we all don't know everything about finances. So it's just doing that research and trying to understand more about finances. You almost you almost wish, at least I do, that they would have a specific financial literacy course in junior high or high school. Not that it's the school system's responsibility, but are you in favor of that? Do you think that that would be helpful? I'm, I'm just asking your opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. So when the pandemic happened, yeah. my daughter was twiddling her thumbs during the right. summer. So here in Florida, they have the Florida virtual schools that yeah. children can use. So mm-hmm. I was like, go out and see which course you want to take. And one of them was a personal finance course that she could take. So I was like, enroll in it, learn as much as you can. So throughout that course, she learned how to budget for the career that she saw herself having in the future. Mm-hmm. That course taught them to budget for their future apartment or home that they would have phones, utilities, and that helped her understand the different payroll taxes that are out there as well. So she was very motivated by that. And it even wanted, it encouraged her to like, hey, I want to start helping you in your business. Like, what can I do to start to learn more as well? But 
she found value in that and it helped her gain a better understanding of finances and credit. And she continues to ask me questions about that. And she was like, I, she had that same question that you have, like, why don't they teach this in school? It was voluntary for me as well. So my mother encouraged me to take that personal finance course. And that's why I encouraged her to do it. I did it in high school, yeah. but it's not mandatory. It's optional. We need to move to mandatory in that. It needs Absolutely. to move to <laughs> mandatory. We need to get a need to get some kind of movement going to make this happen, at least in our state. Yeah. Okay, so I deal with this, and I want to get your opinions. A lot of times, people come in with certain attitudes, or maybe certain hurts, or maybe past experiences that shape how they feel about money. Okay, so and those can be destructive sometimes or counterproductive. So. How do you motivate people to change their mindset or their financial behaviors when you know that needs to occur in order for them to make progress? For that, I have clients develop their own money mantra and for them to know that either their past financial history or their parents' views on finances does not have to be their view on how finances are. Mm. So developing their own money mindset and creating that mantra that they repeat on a daily basis just puts them in that mindset, a positive mindset instead of that negative mindset towards money. Okay. I like but, that. So what what's an example of a mantra? Give me an example of a, of a mantra maybe that someone has or that you've helped someone develop. Money makes me rich. Money money makes me rich or money makes me feel good or I am not afraid to look at my bank account. Okay. All right. Um, Just a simple. There's there's a bunch out there, but it's, you know, five to 10 words that you can repeat, you know, first thing you wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. that, that keeps you motivated on money and puts you in that positive mindset. Well, and I think if it's personal to the person, Right. It's yeah. they came up with it. Then that's going to be the connection. Um, and isn't that funny? Just those five or ten words can really change what we think about things if we say them every day when we wake up. Absolutely. That's that's really good stuff. So um, tell me about one of your most satisfying client experiences recently. Of course, without sharing any personal details, like kind of what problems they were facing and how you were able to help them. So I had a client create a vision board and with that vision board, they said I had never thought that I could set these types of goals and that putting my vision for my finances in front of me and looking at them on a daily basis would keep me on the path to financial success. So we walked through creating a vision board for and them setting their own goals. So they were able to set their own goals. I gave them the tools and resources and that client was able to pay off their two credit cards that they had. Mm. And within a three month period, they was like, I was paying the minimum and they started paying more than the minimum. They found, you know, some additional income that they had set aside that they could use to pay off those finances. So when we did our check ins, they were like, I, I paid off my two credit cards in a three month period. Normally, I would have had that sitting there for a year or longer because I was paying the minimum. So yeah. they came back with that win for them. So that was very exciting to hear. That's great. Well, and isn't it funny where, you know, when I work with people, they're very close to retirement. And so they're making these big decisions about retiring and they do get excited about it. But 
I don't think anything um, equals the elation that someone feels when they've paid off a credit card <laughs> that they've had for like a really long time yes. with high interest debt. It doesn't matter like how old they are or what stage they are in life. That seems to be like the the biggest elation or the biggest feeling anyone expresses because it's high interest and like, ah, I can't stand that balance. Yes. I'm so glad I got rid of that. Or when they get, or when they close the account or something like that, it's funny how that works. Yes. Absolutely. And with that savings, with paying off that debt, the client was like, I put that money in a savings account now. So mm-hmm. I'm putting that money away. Instead of paying that lender, I'm saving that money for my future goals that are on my yeah. vision board. Right. Yeah. It frees it up. They can start directing it someone else. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, I'm curious, what would you say is your biggest life accomplishment so far? So my biggest life accomplishment would be, so I just recently graduated from FSU with my Juris Master's in Human Resource Risk Management and HR Compliance. Oh my gosh. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I am a lifelong learner. So that was degree number nine for me. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think think that's a record for the show. (laughs) I've been going to school since 2003. So, and you know, that was encouraged by my husband. When I first met him, I had my high school diploma and he was like, you need to start going to school. So I started going to college back then. And then so 2021, number nine, that's my final degree. I'm continuing to learn, but with right, other right. aspects, but that was, yeah, that was we gotta, you got to cut it off at some point. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And outside of your practice, I'm curious, uh, something that you're really passionate about personally. So outside of your business, something you're very passionate about. I would say just personal fitness. So I constantly I'm into maintaining my personal mindset. So I'm into yoga and exercising. So I constantly encourage people to exercise so that they can Use it as a way to decompress and mm. reset their mindset and also maintain their physical health. So if your physical health is, you know, not up to par, then this could affect other avenues of your life as well. So constantly, this is similar to finances. So just, you know, maintaining a um, fitness regimen that mm. can also maintaining a fitness regimen that can organize other aspects of your life and just keep your yeah. health protected. Yeah. Isn't that true? Like when you don't feel well physically, you don't really, you're not really motivated to do anything else. Correct. Because right? that's like constantly on your mind. I don't feel well, what's going on. Yeah. And you, you put other things that are important to decide. So I like that. And I also really like, I was on your website and you um, listed your values on there on the website. Yeah. So I'm curious why you felt that was important to do that. Why, why you did that. I think, I think that's really good. I think a lot of people don't do that or don't want to go out um, on a limb to do that, to share those. So why did you feel it important to do that? So that clients can know that I value respect, you know, that I operate in a respectful environment that Mm -hmm. I value family because family is one of my values and just that I keep that as a forefront um, and, and just, I respect their situation as well. I also went through a business incubator program called the Rosie Network, and mm. they encouraged us to put our values on the website and use that as a forward facing so that 
the members of the community know that they can have that confidence in me that my values are my personal characteristics that I hold dear to me personally and in my business as well. Yeah. I think that's great that you put that out there. So they know exactly who they're dealing with, who they're working with and what's important to you. Okay. So what do you think is the most, ex- what are you most excited about right now in your, bi- let's switch in your business? What's your biggest opportunity, Annette? So my biggest opportunity is that I want to continue to reach out to veterans. So I do Mm. have a financial course that's out there, and it's a general financial course on budgeting. So what I am building right now is a financial course that's geared towards military veterans and Mm. them transitioning out into the military. So I'm working on building that course and marketing it so that military veterans have a resource that they can transition seamlessly into their civilian career. It's very difficult when veterans transition because it's hard to understand employer benefit offerings and the different, just how you can translate your military resume, military experience into civilian speak. Um, I had an individual reach out to me. She was like, it's very hard for me to translate that I was a security specialist in the military and how that translates into the civilian sector. Mm. So I'm working on building that course so that military veterans have a source that they can use to transition seamlessly into the civilian sector. Okay. And what, what is your, I know, but please tell the audience, what's your connection, your commitment to the military? What's your connection there? So I was in the military from 2001 to 2008. I was in the U.S. Army. I was in the logistics field. And I'm also a military spouse as well Hmm. and the daughter of a military veteran. Okay. So you couldn't get out. (laughs) There was no... You were you were in the box. There's no way you could escape. Yeah. Not that you wanted to, but... Okay. (laughs) All right. And what do you think is your biggest challenge in your business right now? So what's the the obstacle that you want to or need to overcome to get to the next phase in growth? My biggest obstacle is marketing Hmm. and reaching out to individuals who are interested in financial literacy. The when people reach out to me, they're typically at the end of their ropes and they're seeking that financial assistance that they really need in the moment. Mm-hmm. I want to reach individuals before they get to that breaking point, before before they actually need me. And that that's my challenge is reaching them before they get to that point. So I'm going to, you know, my goal is to continue to market, to spread knowledge via different mediums so that people can use those resources that I have out there. So that when they do reach out to me, they, they've already used some of them and I'm helping them to build wealth or to plan for retirement and to try and and to not reach them when they're in that dire situation. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. I mean, those people need help too, but, um, yes. and they certainly want to get to a better place. Um, yeah. So I could see where that would be challenging. Now, if people want to learn more about you or contact you, what's the best way for them to do that in that? So they can reach out to me on my website. It's www.harriswealthcoach.com. And then my social media handle is at Harris Cash Coach. Oh, okay. I like that. All right. (laughs) Good. Okay. So I encourage everyone to go there and check out um, Annette's page and also all the services that she provides. Uh, Annette, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. It's been a true 
pleasure. And we've been here with Annette Harris from Harris Financial Coaching. Thank all of you for listening and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we raise the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.